0: Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the Faculty at ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. One of the very interesting things about the emergence of the modern graffiti movement, at least in New York, some people argue Philadelphia, but at least in in New York, was that the modern graffiti movement in the 1960s appeared into a context, into a city that was saturated by political propaganda and commercial advertising. The graffiti artists weren't the first people who wrote in that city. And while they didn't see their actions as political, later graffiti artists would describe their actions as interruptions. They would actually deface property to say to people, don't you see that other people are speaking to you? Don't you see that other people are taking your space? Don't you see that people, other people are claiming your allegiance in this space? In 2004, I attended. I was invited to speak at, wait to hear this, the youth event of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. (laughs) I was surprised too. (laughs) 2004, Northern Ireland was enjoying a period of some peace, followed the Good Friday Agreement, which established that peace. But the relationship between the two communities, simply put Protestant and Catholic, the relationship between the two communities was still stark. And that night, when I was to speak at this youth event, the moderator, the new moderator of the General Assembly, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland had been invited to address the mainly Protestant young people. His name was Ken Newell. Ken Newell had been something of a controversial character because he was a moderate. What that means is that he didn't think Catholics were bad people. And he was invited to speak at that event. People had protested when Newell had been appointed as the moderator, and he kind of added fuel to the fire because he invited his friend, I think Bishop Sean Brady, to attend his installation as a new moderator. So things were a bit tense. I wasn't sure whether there was going to be protests at this event or not, but I turned up. Newell got up to speak, remember I'm preaching, Newell got up to speak, and when he got up to speak, he referred to two cultural practices of Northern Ireland that related to the period that we call the Troubles. One period, one cultural practice was that people would gather around bonfires in their segregated communities at night, and these bonfires were often consisting of the rubble of the protests during that day. The other cultural practice was wall murals, the painting of wall murals. If you ever went to Northern Ireland, you wouldn't need to ask what was a unionist community? What was a Protestant community? And what was a Catholic community? What was a Republican community? Because the wall murals painted on the ends of the houses made that stunningly clear. The colors and the images demarked these areas. The white-haired Ken Newell got up and he referred to both these practices when he said this. He said, young people, it's time to tell different stories around the bonfires in your communities and to write new words on the walls of people's hearts. Writing words in the walls of people's hearts is neither easy nor straightforward because we are in a competition for people's hearts and because of that it means it's something that we have to constantly do it's a never ending task and jesus said to peter feed my sheep we can't assume he meant more than once church planting can never be a goal or an end but always a beginning ministry christian ministry requires us to paint again and again, and again, and again, because for some hearts to be finally won, they're going to have to be constantly won. And maybe I, I was reflecting upon this. Maybe this is why at times we struggle with Christian ministry because we think it can be like something else and it will be finished. But next Sunday you have to preach again. There's another place to visit. It's constant and it's continual, and it demands of us again. And again and again, words on the walls of people's hearts. But here is a fascinating thing. Paul, in this passage, doesn't seem to complain about the grind of his ministry. But he revels in the glory of it. Did you hear these verses? You had to read it. I mean, there's so much glory going on here, you have to look away. mean there's so much glory it's like glory glory the only thing you can say in response is hallelujah there's so much glory going on here this is this is not the grind of christian ministry this is a celebration of the glory of it all in the midst of the difficulty of being someone who has to write words on the walls of people's hearts where does this come from in part it seems to come from the fact that the apostle paul recognizes that this ministry is not his own it's a gift it's a given can I see that many ministry is a calling? And it is something given and he leans into this and he basically says our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. It's a gift from God. Christian ministry is a gift. In the midst of the grind, it has glory because it's given to us. And he he revels in it because of the gift, but more than that, and this is the part I love, he revels in it because of the ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit. For he says it's the Spirit, it's the Spirit, not ink and parchment, not chisel and stone, but the Spirit who takes the words that are spoken and makes them stick in the walls of the people's hearts. According, at least to the theology of the Apostle Paul here, the Jeremiah promise of the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and that God himself will write on people's hearts and will do it through the operation and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. He revels in this ministry not because it is easy, because it is not easy nor straightforward, but it is given by God and equipped and empowered by the gift of the Holy Spirit. I remember the heady days when as a teenager I experienced charismatic renewal in the UK prayer meetings man there were so many prayer meetings and people went to them (laughs) there were words of prophecy there were speaking in tongues and of course there were guitar led simple songs some of them that had the words it's not by might it's not by power it's by my spirit Says the Lord. Don't get me wrong, these days were far from perfect. A number of these movements were deeply hierarchical and patriarchal. Some people managed to take the freedom of the Spirit and turn it into their own law. And there were excesses of claims. But you know, for a period, the Holy Spirit, that third person of the ministry of the Trinity, was allowed off the subs bench. The ghost was allowed to play in the game and to transform people's experience and theology. And that is important because if we want to enter this competitive world of writing words in the walls of the Holy and people's hearts, we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, we don't need to write anymore in slides, we need to write in hearts. And that's the work and the operation of the Spirit. Of The function of this sermon has been to land this message that Christian ministry is a ministry of writing new words in the walls of people's hearts. The function of this is to encourage us all. We need to lean into the Spirit. We need to lean in again. I am not saying that as an excuse for us not to do our hard work. Of what is required in the crafting and in the shaping and the designing of what we see that was as well as wins. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we need to learn to lean in to the gift and the freedom of the Holy Spirit because then we will know. See this work, it's His work. See that calling, it's God's calling. see, our challenge is the one that he offers to walk with us. We can glory in Christian ministry. And we can glory because of the nature of God, the graffiti, and the ghost. Let's pray. Almighty God, let your spirit come. Fill us afresh, renew us again. Encourage us and inspire us. And teach us once more to lean in to what Paul speaks about here, of depending upon that work of the spirit. Lord, we do pray that we would see your words written on wall, the walls of people's hearts and way that will bring them healings in ways that will bring them transformation in ways that will bring them reassurance in ways that will bring them comfort lord let your spirit come lord we pray that as we do our work of preparation and thinking that we would know your spirit coming to bring us inspiration coming to bring us illumination we pray lord god that your holy spirit would come and empower our ministry so that indeed we can be those who are ministers of the new covenant We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.